It's okay. How are you? Uh, you know, come see, come see. Hi, welcome to Three Funny Ladies. Mm, that's Joe Bailey. That is Susan Jacobs. Uh, Joe is on the lower key today. <laughs> um, I am. I'm. I am. I have Hi, worked. <clears throat> I have been in the office for a full eight hours, two days in a row. Like in person? Yes. Oh fuck! All of that. And it's just uh, taking its toll. But um. You know what today is? It's National Podcast Day. Shut. I won't. It's National Podcast Day. It is. So happy NPD. That is crazy balls. I love we're, it. We're celebrating properly. I'm doing a podcast. By um, creating that content. By creating the content that the people crave, that they beg for. I was also watching Friends just before we started this because it's on a lot. Yeah. Which I'm not complaining about, but it is the episode with guest star Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. How are you doing? I mean, oh my God, just, oh my God. It, it, it's been a week. What day was it? Tuesday. I was supposed to go to court. Right. And I went to court. no, uh, uh, I was subpoenaed because I was a witness to a crime and a I was dom- so excited, a domestic, a domestic incident, now. a domestic incident. And I was so excited. That sounds bad that I was excited, but listen, I was thinking about the Dateline episode. She's, she's okay. She's not dead. So she wouldn't have gotten a Dateline up. This is going off the rails already. I, I sound like a terrible person. Listen, this is the shit I think about. Okay. And, um, they didn't need me yet again. Which was irritating because I had to go in person, which meant I had to take PTO off work. So when the prosecutor let me go, he's like, um, if we need anything, I'll call. I was like, no, do not call me. I will not be doing this again. So then I got home and my poor neighbor got home and she's like, I couldn't go in. I was I was uh, traumatized. I was frozen with fear. I couldn't go into the courtroom. So we talked for a while. And then my daughter's school calls and she has a fever and nope that is a lie she has a sore throat and she doesn't feel good and so um they gave her a rapid test for the covid it was negative and then when she got home she did not have a fever so it just ended up being a cold but now you can't even have a cold without panicking that's true that is a true story so and she felt crappy for about a day and now she's just fine and uh but it was a day it was a day full of emotions tuesday was a day full of emotions wow that sounds very emotional yeah it was it really really was i'm glad that it's thursday now and you're past that tuesday it is thursday but let me tell you uh this week is just i don't know what day it is ever i don't know what i'm doing on any given day um so it's it's fun it's like every day is a surprise as to what I'm supposed to be doing. Surprise. Surprise. It's National Podcast Day. Oh, no. And I didn't even get you anything. <laughs> so how was your week? What have you been doing? What's up? What's happening? You know, um, just doing everything. It feels like just everything that there is to do. It feels like I'm doing it. And still okay, trying to yeah. acclimate to the activity. I know this is the third week in a row I've talked about it. But it is, it's a thing and I'm not getting any younger and, sure. uh, and that's just how it is. But also the Tonys were on this past Sunday. They were, but only a select few people could watch them because they were bullshit and they were right. just on Paramount, Paramount Plus. Yes. The main, yes. The bulk of the awards were on Paramount Plus. Uh, it is, you know, the, the sort of, not even sort of, it is the gay Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I thought that they were good, but just weird because they did all but three of the awards on that pre-show thing. And then on CBS, they build it as sort of Broadway's back concert. And then they presented best play, best revival play and best musical during that. 
Okay, that's segment. weird. Okay. But it was nice on Paramount Plus because there were very few commercials and they just boom, bada boom, bada boom, bada boom. And they didn't rush okay. off the people giving speeches, which was okay. nice. Okay. Everyone wore masks. It was in the I Winter saw. Garden Theater. I saw. So that was just weird to see all the famous people. It yeah. took a minute to figure out who people were. Yeah. And everyone took their mask off to give their speech except for one lady. But I liked I liked it. I, I thought it was well done. Did see a clip of Adam Pascal and um what's his Anthony face? Anthony Rapp, yes. Anthony Rapp. And they just sound like they did back in the days of your twenty five years ago. They sound fucking amazing. They do. It's just weird because Adam Pascal looks like a middle aged man now. Right. And Anthony Rapp is just a little doughy. Right. Um, but that was like the whole thing at the end. It was like famous duets or whatever. And so Kristen Chenoweth with an idea to Menzel were on and they sang for good. Okay. And it's funny because I've always heard that they don't really get along. Mm-hmm. But every time there's some sort of wicked festival, they drag those two out and they make they nice it. for the camera. Yeah. So I just like to pretend that they really hate each other, but they just have to put on like, ugh. This again. This bitch. Yeah. (laughs) But they did a nice job uh, pretending they seem very buddy-buddy. And maybe they are. What do I know? I don't know. I I mean, listen, the Indigo Girls aren't friends. Oh, and that's sad. Yeah, they have said that they've like, they're like, we're not friends. We're coworkers. Which is like, that's so weird to me. It is. And here's the thing, though, about that. Because people always make such a big deal about like, oh, well, so-and-so didn't get along when they were filming Blackity Blair or whatever. But it's like, you don't always get along with people that you work with. You know what I mean? 100%. You don't, I don't hang out with any of my coworkers. You know what I mean? I think they're fine. I mean, they're very nice people. More, They're more than fine. But it's just like, you know, it's just weird that people view sort of that as different. I mean, you're a pain in my ass. Well, sure. Being on stage with you is a fucking nightmare. But here we are just being professional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, At work, they always, Every year. Are you going to the holiday party? I was like, I, I, I have worked here 11 years. I have not been to one. Why would I start now? I don't. <laughs> and no offense to any of them. Like they're lovely people. I do not want to hang out with you after work. Yeah. I do not want to be with coworkers after work. Sorry. I, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. That's just not happening. And I don't like parties. So why would I go to a party with coworkers? Yeah. With people. It's a only form of tolerate. torture. Exactly. It's just gross. I will say that I would let Adam Pascal do dirty, dirty things to me. Unspeakable things. Unspeakable. It's interesting because you know he's doing the national tour of Pretty Woman, the musical. Really? Which will be making a stop here Mm. in, I think, next month. Well, I just might have to catch that. He is so gorgeous. He Holy really is. He is aging well. He really but Oh, Here's the thing, though, which is unfortunate for you lady types. Men tend to age, not tend to, but some men just age really well. And they don't have to go through all that bullshit of like trying to fix their face or yeah. trying to look young yeah. or like men are just a allowed to age. A lot of them look better. Gracefully. Yes. Alec Baldwin, much more handsome now than he was Tom Hiddleston is, he also could do unspeakable things to me. He, like, if I knew him when he was a teenager, I'd be like, he's so dorky. He's so gross. Uh, Gross is maybe strong. He he wasn't, he wasn't hot. And I was just like, and even Anthony Rapp, like he's a little doughy, but he's aging very well. Yeah, he is. He had questionable hand movements Hmm. during the song. Did you mm. pick that up? No, I don't remember that. Um, yeah, he did the okay, the white supremacy oh. sign a couple of times, which <laughs> I'm not. sure was accidental, but he really put a lot of effort into it. So I was like, ah. <laughs> I did that in a Zoom call the other day, like not the white power. I mean, it was the, I was doing like, okay, yeah, like that. And then I put my hand down and I thought, oh my God, I hope they don't think I'm a white supremacist. Now you can't even say okay anymore because Ugh. fucking white people ruined it. White it's people ruin stupid. everything. White people really do ruin everything. Um, what else was like? Oh, going hang on. I, oh, to, oh, I, oh, yeah, yeah. While we're talking about Pretty Woman the musical, 
We also yeah. just need to check in on Back to the Future, the musical. Okay. So, because you okay. posted that trailer, which it's opening in London or opened in London or it's something in London. It's open. Yeah, it's open. Okay. So here's, for those of you who don't know, Back to the Future is my all-time favorite movie. Like my favorite movie of all time. When we had to write a celebrity in grade school, I wrote Michael J. Fox. He never wrote back. Um, I adore it. This musical, this musical <laughs> looks so weird. I'm just, I'm not even going to say bad. I'm going to say weird. Here is the thing. I do not enjoy the actor playing Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. Roger Bart. I do not enjoy him. There's something about him that just comes across as, I don't know. I don't like him. I don't think he's right for it. Um. Their Biff, uh, ew, not does not look like Biff in any sort of in any realm of imagination. Um, the songs that I've heard so far, okay. Here is my dilemma. Here's my dilemma. I am very curious about the technical side of it. Right, because it looked like they had an actual DeLorean on the stage. They have an actual DeLorean. They had the you know the scene with the watchtower. Yeah, yeah. Um, clock tower, watchtower, the clock tower. Um, it looks like they have fire on stage, which I I know is not a new thing, but you know. Um, so I'm very, 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 very interested in that. And also, Alan Silvestri wrote the lyrics, and score so and he's my favorite he is the one that did the movie and no john williams is not my favorite composer it's alan silvestri he also did the avengers nerd alert um and so i'm very intrigued because his music is what i I have determined that music really um is really what makes a movie my favorite is just the music that pulls you in and he's written the music for the he's written the music for the musical so I'm intrigued. Um, And it's like, do I see it because of a certain loyalty to the movie or do I not see it because of the loyalty to the movie? See, this is, that's the conundrum. And this is just really the sad state of musical theater right now, Mm -hmm. because we're just cycling through all, every movie will soon be a musical. Pretty dancing, pretty woman. Um, others like like everything like every all of the best musical nominations this year were sourced from two of them were well no one was a movie then one was an album jagged little pill and then one is just a jukebox tina turner review musical audio and that was it all five nominations for best score this year were from all of them were from plays that's crazy I know. And here's the thing about the Back to the Future, watching that clip, is that we don't need it. Like, we don't need if, it. If, if, you are, if you are doing such an intricate job of, re, of replicating the film on Then why stage, are you doing it? Yeah. Let's just watch the movie again. Let's just watch the movie. Because like the kid uh, playing Marty has that break in his voice like Michael J. Fox does. Which you have to have. It's iconic. So it's like, do you... It's like, I don't know. It's just like people doing Rocky horror these days, like uh, live on stage. It's like, if you just replicate the film, like what's the point of might as well just watch right. the film. But then right. it's like, if you stray too far out of that, then people are like, Oh, that's not Rocky horror. And it's just, you're damned if you do. And damned. Right. If you don't. So it's like, so what? Yeah. It's just a bunch of why all over the place. Why? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Although, <clears throat> and this goes against everything we've just said. I, I did have a, an epiphany. I found my purpose in this life. I cannot believe no one has ever thought of this. And now that I'm going to put it out there in the universe, there'll be announcement tomorrow that there was something in the works for 20 years. I need to write a a jukebox musical for Chicago. Oh, yeah. And call it Chicago. Yes, because there will be no confusion. (laughs) And people love that old dusty thing. So they'll come. And yeah. then we'll open with glory of love and they'll be, which is not Chicago, but listen, <laughs> right. and then they'll be like, what is happening? And then they'll fall in love. But yeah, that's my purpose in life. I feel, I think to craft what? a story around, we'll just do 17 
Yeah, um, just 17. Call and it then, 17. So, and it's about a coming of age story. See, we're writing it right now. Here we go. TM, TM, don't steal us. See, but see, this is why people do this because it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. All you got to do is fart out some script, throw the songs in, boom, put it on Broadway. Oh, done. Broadway. Where are we going? What's Millions happening? of dollars. No women can be in it. It's all white men. Oh, crap. <laughs> I'm making like the opposite of what I would ever want to do. <laughs> Oh, Broadway. Oh, Broadway. I'm enjoying a lot of um, videos of, you know, first curtain calls back and uh, yes, first opening numbers back. It's very, it's very sweet. I love it. Yeah. That uh, Jagged Little Pill is getting a lot of bad. People are quitting the show. I don't really, yeah. I haven't really read the thing. I don't really no. know. Everyone's saying it's a toxic work environment. Okay. So. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Okay. You may not agree with me. Also, I don't have 100% the scoop. I have a very surface level knowledge of the scoop because I need to know because I'm lazy. And I think there's a lot more going on than this. I think the murmurs are like the creative team is toxic, whatever, what have you. I, I don't know anything about that. The main issue, and it was brought up on Tony Night because they won Best Book, Diablo Cody, and um, Best Featured Actress, and I forgot her name. And people were slamming them both because um, a lot of the controversy is around those two. So what I could glean is the character that the featured actress plays originally in the workshopping portion and we actually have a friend who could tell us she's in jacket little pill but anyway yeah. uh i doubt she listens um but if she does hi honey <laughs> in the workshopping portion where the script is still being retooled and blah 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 the character that this features act act the featured actress plays was originally trans non-binary the woman that they got to play the part, from what I can understand from the pieces I could put together with the puzzle, they loved her so much, but she wasn't trans or non-binary or however some people are both. Some people only identify as one. She is a cis straight woman. Oh, she's straight? I think so. Interesting. Once again, disclaimer, I, this information I'm I'm i had pieced together um so it might not all be accurate um but you don't come here for like you know facts um so what they did was in order to keep her but in an effort to do maybe the right thing they changed the character so that it was no longer trans non-binary hmm and so people in the trans community are upset because they feel like that is sort of an erasure of representation. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. And while that makes sense, and I can empathize as much as a cis-gendered uh, straight woman can, they did, I can see someone... It was in the workshop phase. So when you're in the workshop phase, anything can change. Head Over Heels was a totally different show when it first opened. It was a drama. It was straight. It was um, period piece, like truly a period piece. Uh, and it is not that now. Um, so shows can change. And they love the actress so much. And they thought they were doing the right thing. Now, that's all I know. I don't know how people have reacted to it. I don't know what the creative team is like, but that was my first thing is they changed the part though. And that is allowed and expected once you leave the workshop stage, but people were upset that neither her or Diablo Cody sort of addressed the issue in their speeches. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. And um, yeah, so that's all I know. But I, I'm, I think there's a lot more to it that I am not privy to. Well, I don't care for that Diablo Cody anyway. <laughs> you know, I don't. Eh, I can leave her. Take her. Leave her. Yeah. I, know. I mean, Juno's you know, the worst movie ever. What is Juno? 
Well, what about Coyote Ugly? I mean, that is... <laughs> Didn't she write that? I don't know. I think she did. Uh, she also wrote that young adult, which was also terrible. Who was in that? Charlize Theron. Oh, right, 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 right. Diablo Cody did not write Coyote Ugly, so let's not drag her into this, because I love that movie. It was someone named Gina Wendkos, and she wrote The Princess Diaries as well, which I'm also a fan of. So she wrote, Listen, what else did she write? What did she the write? Princess did, Diaries. Oh, no, but what, what was the first thing? The Coyote, Coyote Ugly? Ugly. Yeah. We're very defensive about this, and because I Because I don't umbrage. like Diablo Cody, but I love Coyote oh, okay. Ugly. Why did I... Diablo, Cody, Coyote, Ugly. I think they sound alike, and that's why. Diablo, why was I like, Coyote, Ugly. Why was I convinced that she wrote it? Did she direct it? Did she have anything to do with it? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I, see? Misinformation. What the fuck do I know? That's so weird. I, I would have, like, if I had been on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and they asked that question, I would have 100% placed all my money on Diablo, Cody. You know how you know she didn't have anything to do with Coyote, Ugly? Because what? no one in that movie talks on a fucking hamburger phone. Your anger over this. Oh, look at me. I'm very cool. I have a hamburger phone oh, and I smoke. She was playing a teenager. He was playing I a teenager. A pipe. <laughs> and I smoke a fake pipe. And, and talk on you a hamburger know phone. that you knew teenagers like that. Teenagers Ugh. are terrible and insufferable. Ugh. Insufferable. And she turned poor Ellen Page into a man. That's what happened. I blame Diablo Cody. I don't blame her because I celebrate Elliot Page and good for Here's you. Here's what I have to say about Elliot Page. Yes. Oh, good for you. But he looks like Steve Rogers before the Winter Soldier the oh. serum. Yeah, he is, he's scrawny. He's a little bit scrawny. But hey, that's all right. Yeah, um, he'll be fine. And, and he needs to find his hairstyle. He needs to find his manly hairstyle. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, what he has going on right now is not working. But who am I to judge? <laughs> You know, today I was driving and I heard in sync, I want you back. Okay. And As you, uh, do. you know, I was I was a huge in sinker back in my 30s, as as one does. I, back in my like late 20s, I didn't get into them until I was older. And I, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. But I'm like thinking today, like what like what what do you do if you're if you're JC Chazé, who was my favorite of the group? Well, like, what do you do? Like, you don't have a solo career. You're not just in Timberlake. Like, right. how much money are you getting from your in-sync residuals? Like, do you have to go work at Kinko's? Like, I just no. don't know what you do. You walk into Kinko's. <laughs> I mean, it would be sad if you did He is that. having a little bit of a renaissance because people are finally coming to the conclusion that he was the best one and he didn't get the accolades or the solos or anything that he deserved. So I feel like more stuff is coming to him, but also I feel like he does a lot more than people realize. I mean, I hope so. I mean, sure. You know, there's going to be the odd hosting gig on America's best dance crew, but when that inevitably goes away, what do you do? You know what? You can make, he could be on the only fans. Well, that's true. But here's the thing also, speaking of NSYNC, Joey Fat One, like I yes. I just I I really am admirable. I'm not admirable. I admire so much just how he has managed to keep himself in the public eye. Game show, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. Open hot dog chain called Fat Ones. Absolutely. Sign me up. Sign me up. Well, <laughs> that's what um Samuel L. Jackson does. He accepts any role offered to him. Yeah, like who? Oh, like Joan Rivers. Yeah, we were talking about that last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's the way you do it. I mean, there's hustlers, you know? I've always, um, yeah, that's true. You got to hustle. But I've always, it's always fascinated me that concept of like you have the world by a string for a short amount of time mm-hmm, and then it mm-hmm. all goes away. And you can't, I mean, there's not going to be, I mean, unless Justin's career goes in the toilet, I can't foresee an in sync reunion really unless maybe a little further down the line but like what do you do like you have it all right there and then it just gets pulled away but i think that in sync minus justin and the backstreet boys just did a tour together i think Mm. yeah they did some song or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're doing those kinds of things i think they you know i'm sure they would get paid for any sort of appearances they did on morning shows or what have you the cameo the only fans i mean there's 
it's just a world of possibilities. I guess. But JC wasn't even in that progressive commercial, three-fifths of NSYNC. Oh, wow. Well, maybe he said no. So, I don't know. It just was something that occurred to me today as I was listening. Speaking of progressive commercial, just commercials in general, Mr. Shaquille O'Neal, who... You mean Samuel who also does anything you ever ask him to. I had a dream about him last night that oh, we weird. had to that he had to live with us because he was um, he had hit hard times and we were the ones that were going to take him in. Weird dream. Wow, it was it was very strange. What else is there? Anything else? No, did that, did that, okay. mm-hmm, did mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's get into the lady. Let's get into it. This week we are talking about. Tracy Allman. Tracy Allman. What's your first memory of Tracy Allman? Um, the Tracy Allman show, where that is where The Simpsons came from. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. And it's crazy to me how long The Simpsons has been on the air. It's Seriously. a little unsettling, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, Tracy T-R-A-C-E-Y Allman was born T-R-A-C just E Allman uh in berkshire she was the younger of two daughters to doreen and anthony in an interview with fresh air host terry gross allman revealed that when she was six her father who had been recovering from a heart operation died of a heart attack in front of her i just that's oh when that happens to you as a child you can face anything you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop if something great happens you're like wow that's great that happened, but it could have been crap. Most disappointing thing happened uh, when you were younger. You, you're you just braver. And if good things happen, you're really grateful. I can really relate to that. She had been living an upper middle class life, was uprooted to Heckbridge, Southwest London, along with her elder sister, Patty. Her mother could barely make ends meet without her father's income. Almond credits her sense of humor to a feeling of classlessness, as well as her mother's working class roots. She wrote and performed in school plays, and she eventually caught the attention of a headmaster who recommended that she attend a performing arts school. She won a full scholarship to the Italia Canti Academy at the age of 12. At 16, she attended a dance audition under the impression that she was applying for a summer season in Scarborough. The audition resulted in a contract with the German ballet company for a revival of Gigi in Berlin. Upon returning to England, she joined the second generation dance troupe performing in London, Blackpool, and Liverpool. She branched out into musical theater and was cast in numerous West End musicals, including Grease, Elvis the Musical, I didn't even know that was a thing, and the Rocky Horror Show. She also had a brief musical, excuse me, career. Um, She is the only woman to um, be offered both a British and American sketch comedy show. Uh, She was born on December 30th, 1959. And let's see, she immigrated from the United Kingdom to the U.S., uh, where she started the Tracy Ullman show in 1987 till only 1990. I felt like it lasted longer than that. It does feel like it. It does. Uh, Almond is currently the richest British actress and female comedian, comedian and the third richest British comedian overall. She is Jesus recipient of numerous accolades, including 12 American Comedy Awards, seven Primetime Emmy Awards, two British Academy Film Awards, four Satellite Awards, a Golden Globe Award, and a Screen Actors Guild Award. Um, she married producer Alan McKeown in 1983. The couple had two children, Mabel, born in 1986, and Johnny, born in 1991. On December 24th, 2013, her husband died at home from prostate cancer. Allman's mother died in a fire at her flat on March 23rd, 2015. My Ooh. God, at 85 years old, and you die in a fire? Ugh. That's crazy. In September 2018, Allman revealed that her daughter was pregnant and that she was about to become a grandmother for the first time. She acquired American citizenship in December 2006, and she holds dual citizenship in the United Kingdom and United States. And all of that is from the Wikipedia. Oh, and an avid avid knitter, she co-wrote a knitting book, Knit Two Together, Patterns and Stories for Serious Knitting Fun. 
Adorable. Adorable. Gosh, a lot of just darkness. Yeah, a lot of tragedy. Ugh. Poor thing. Well, my first memory of Tracy Allman is from her hit song, They Don't Know, from 1983. That is crazy, because I didn't even know she had a song. Yep. That's how we first came to know her, was through her music. Lovely. The song uh, landed at number eight in the United States on the Billboard Top 100. Uh, That music career came about after a chance encounter with the wife of the head of the punk music label Stiff Records. And she was, Tracy was at the hairdresser one day and she says, Dave Robinson's wife, Rosemary, leant over, leaned over and said, do you want to make a record? And I went, yeah, I want to make a record. I would have tried anything. So she recorded her first album, You Broke My Heart in 17 Places, had a couple of hit songs in the UK, crossed over to the US. And then she sort of just faded from our collective consciousness until a couple of years later. She did a bunch of TV in the UK after, well, actually before her music career and after. Um, In 1980, she started playing uh, Linda Bellingham's daughter, who must be a big British lady, in the British series Mackenzie. In 1981, she was cast in the BBC Scotland sketch comedy program, A Kick Up the 80s. And then she went on to star in a series called Girls on Top, which co-starred Don French, Ruby Wax, and Jennifer Saunders. Mm. And that was in 1985. So she left that show and... Her husband had emigrated to the U.S. and had implored her to come join him. So she did. And uh, so she set her sights on an American career. Her British agent put together a tape of her work in the U.K. and began circulating it around Hollywood. It eventually landed at the president of uh, the vice president of comedy at Universal Television and a deal was immediately struck with CBS for her to do a sitcom That's called crazy. I Love New York. So the show they filmed it was not they didn't no one really liked the direction uh, that they wanted the show to go in. So they consulted James Brooks, who was a master sitcom director. Mm-hmm. He thought that a sketch show would be best for her because he said, why would you do something with Tracy playing a single character on TV when her talent requires variety? You can't categorize Tracy, so it's silly to come up with a show that attempted to. The Tracy Ullman Show debuted on April 5th, 1987 on the fledgling Fox Network. This show was awarded 10 Primetime Emmy Awards. She won three of those. And... Uh, it scored the Fox Network its first Emmy nomination and its first Emmy win. The show concluded after a four-season run in 1990 and has gifted us with The Simpsons. I was such a huge fan of The Tracy Allman Show. The yes. characters that she did, I loved Kay. Hello, Mommy. It's Kay. And I, probably my favorite sketch was she played a woman who was auditioning for the role of Peter Pan. Okay. But she could really fly. Okay. And then she doesn't get the part. (laughs) Hilarious. It's so funny. That's funny. So the Tracy Ullman show got canceled. Ultimately, in 1991, uh, her husband placed a successful bid on a television franchise in uh, England. And it resulted in a show called Tracy Ullman, a class act, which was a send up of the British class system. It premiered on ITV in London in January 1993. This led to HBO becoming interested in having a special made for their network. And that eventually became Tracy Takes On, which was Mm. on HBO for a while. Uh, From that, she won two Emmy Awards, Cable Ace Award, and a bunch of other things. Um, And then she returned to HBO in 2003 with a television special called Tracy Allman in the Trailer Tales. 
And then she returned to HBO again in 2005 with Tracy Ullman Live and Exposed. I vaguely remember this. In 2001, she started a fashion-based talk show on the Oxygen Network called Tracy Ullman's Invisible Panty Lines. Interesting. Which ran for two seasons. Uh, After that, she switched from HBO to Showtime and did Tracy Ullman's State of the Union, which was a sketch comedy show that ran for three seasons on Showtime. She then returned to British television after a 30-year absence with Tracy Ullman's show in 2016, which was aired in the U.S. on HBO. Uh, In 1999, she had a recurring role as an unconventional psychotherapist on Allie McBeal. Her performance garnered her a Primetime Emmy Award, her seventh, and an American Comedy Award, her 11th. Wow. In 2005, she co-starred with Carol Burnett in the television adaptation of Once Upon a Mattress, playing the role that Carol Burnett had originated on Broadway. In 2014, I don't remember this either, but she was introduced as Genevieve Sherbatsky, the mother of Robin Sherbatsky on How I Met Your Mother. I don't remember that at all. I don't either. In 2019, it was announced that she would be playing Betty Friedan on the FX limited series Mrs. America, which garnered her another Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series. Her film career, she started uh, in a... Small role in Paul McCartney's Give My Regards to Broad Street. She was in Plenty with Meryl Streep, which is such a great movie. Um, She was in I Love You to Death, Robin Hood Men in Tights, Bullets Over Broadway, Small Small Time Crooks, A Dirty Shame, the John Waters movie. Um, And her voiceover work includes Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. Uh, She was also in Into the Woods, the movie. She was in The Prom. She was nominated for Golden Globe for Small Time Crooks, the Woody Allen movie. Uh, Notable theater appearances in 1990. She starred opposite Morgan Freeman as Kate in Shakespeare in the Park's production of Taming of the Shrew, set in the Wild West in Central Park. Wow. Um, And she's done a bunch of um, theater work in London as well. Busy lady. Busy, busy, busy. I think you said dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. Dizzy, dizzy. I mean, I would be dizzy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, what, uh, what, is your, what is your film that you have chosen? I love you to death. All is right, that- all right, all right. Yes, I love you to death. Um, I had seen this movie previously, but I didn't have, I could remember John Plowright. I could remember River Phoenix. Um, and I remembered liking it. Um, she is so, you know, you think of Tracy Ullman or any sort of actor, actress that's, you know, known for comedy and sketch comedy and stuff like that. And you just, um, you don't think about nuanced, subtle performances. And even though this movie is ridiculous, she gives that. And P.S., did you know it was based on a true story? I did because I did some research on it while I was watching it. But uh, prior to that, I did not remember that. Let's, let's tell the people. Um, so the plot is Kevin Klein is her uh, is Tracy Ullman's husband. They own a pizza shop together. Um, Rosalie is just deliriously in love with him but what she doesn't realize is he's a cad he's he a philanderer is, he's a philanderer and like a whore i mean he is just getting it all over town with tens with dozens nay possibly hundreds of people i mean he is getting it everywhere and everyone sort of tries to warn her and she just doesn't believe them until she catches him in library with one of his hussies and that's when she decides he needs to die and so hilarity ensues like it does with all murders um (laughs) but it's i forgot that keanu reeves was in this movie william hurt is in this movie who's hilarious it's just it's the strangest thing so um it's actually based on the story of i gotta scroll to the top here this is a um uh an article from the orlando sentinel 
from 1990. Um, and the story is based on Tony and Francis Toto. Um, and 1990, uh, he was 44 and she was 45. They live in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, and they said that this movie is pretty fucking accurate. There's a couple of differences. The only differences being it wasn't, uh, she tries to poison him with uh, spaghetti. Um, and it wasn't spaghetti. It was chicken noodle soup in real life. And in the movie, her mother is really the one that facilitates this, that gets the plan going. And in real life, uh, she had nothing to do with it. It's, they are together or they were together. I don't know if they are still alive or what have you, uh, modern day, current day, but he really did bail her out. He really did not want to press charges. Um, Oh, the other difference is he didn't uh, bail out the two cousins. There's two cousins that get involved at some point, and they're stoners, and it's William Hart and Keanu Reeves, and they're hilarious. Um, this is what, in this article, this is what Tony says. Killing someone is not the answer. That's the mistake Fran made. <laughs> you should do anything but kill him. That's wrong, because not only do you ruin yourself, but you also ruin your family, <laughs> which is hilarious. But it's, it's this, he, she, what does she do first? The poisoning with two bottles of sleeping pills. It doesn't work. Well, they try first with the bat. The bat, the assailant with the bat. Yeah. Someone attacks him with a bat. That goes horribly awry. Her mother, um, tinkers on cars and so she rigged the car to explode that didn't work then they try poisoning him with uh spaghetti that doesn't work even with two bottles of sleeping pills in the spaghetti and he basically eats all of it that doesn't work so then they call the young man played by river phoenix who is in love with her and they want him to shoot him he shoots him but it like narrowly missed it he like nicks his head or it goes in but it misses everything and he's still walking around to this day with it in him then they call the two cousins and the two cousins and he lives through everything and in fact one of the reasons that he stayed with her and bailed her out of jail is because of the sleeping pills it slowed down um his breathing and it took everything down so he that's why he survived from the gunshot wounds because he was shot twice in the chest and that's why he survived because of the sleeping pills interesting it slowed the bleeding isn't that hilarious yeah i couldn't believe really it was a hilarious. true story <laughs> it's really hysterical everyone keep that in mind <laughs> what did you think of the movie i thought it was okay yeah i had i saw it back when it came out did not remember i remembered the two of them were in it mm -hmm. and then when the opening credits started i was like river phoenix william hurt keanu reeves i know i did the same joan like, plowright who i love joan plowright and then we got as a surprise phoebe cates that's right his baby heather graham oh yeah heather oh and graham. looney tunes victoria jackson that yeah. one too good when you're God. screwing victoria jackson you know you're in trouble you know that you have gone over the to seek help, please. I thought it was, I just wanted it to be like, it was like, oh my God, he's cheating on me. I can't divorce him. Let's kill him. And I just felt like it just happened super. I mean, sure. I realized that it's a movie and not sure, I mean, sure. it's based on real life, but it just, that just happened very quickly for me. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a little long and it's only an hour and 37 minutes long. Okay. Um, okay. I thought Keanu Reeves looked very handsome in this film. Yes, but the hair is very unfortunate. Yeah. But the it hair fits, is very unfortunate. It's the character. Um, he's good in I just love him. He just is such a good person, and you can tell he's a good person, and I just love him. I want to hug him. It did make me hungry for Italian food. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> um, it's also funny because I read that Phoebe Cates was also filming Drop Dead Fred at the same time. And so that's why her oh, okay. hair is like exactly the same as because I was right. like, oh, she looks like she doesn't drop dead Fred, which I love drop dead Fred. But I also love I know I've Cates, seen it, but so. I don't remember anything about it. Oh, I love, I love it so much. Too. I love her, too. I'm sad that we don't too. get to see her as much. So it was nice to see her again. Um, but yeah, I thought it was OK. Yeah. Yeah. It was all right. It, I, 
I, I, I liked it because her performance is just, it's like you think Tracy Ullman and you think it's going to be over the top and it's not, she's not, she's, that's not, she's an actress as well. Yeah. She's definitely has, she's got the goods. I mean, there literally is nothing that she cannot do. Literally. Sing, dance, comedy, drama. She can just do it all. Do it all. Yeah. It was also, it was nice to see River Phoenix again. Yes. Every time I see him, I'm just sad. That was just sad. Yeah. It was a huge loss. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. So talented. So good. And so cute. And just, ugh. Yeah. Love him. Love him. Love him. Yeah. What did we watch for you? Tell the people. Well, I chose this pretty quickly and then regretted it. But yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, I had never seen uh, the Once Upon a Mattress film. Neither had I. That was part of the wonderful world of Disney um, back in the day. Now, I had never seen Once Upon This Mattress ever until this film. I was in Once Upon a Mattress in you college. Were? Yes. Oh, who and were I you? played Queen Agravane. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah. Right there, buddy. But I think you'd be a really good Winifred also. Yeah. But you know that I would never get cast as Winifred, though. Sure. Um, so Once Upon a Mattress is based on a musical from the 50s. And uh, starred, Carol Burnett starred in the original off Broadway. And then they moved to Broadway production as Winifred. Here she is playing the queen. And uh, another little interesting tidbit is when she ended up leaving the show, the Broadway production, she was replaced by Ann B. Davis of oh, the Brady Bunch fame. Interesting. I know. Very interesting. So Once Upon a Mattress aired on December 18th, 2005 as part of the wonderful world of Disney. It was uh, in the wake. In the 2000s? Really? Yeah. Yep. Just 16 years ago. It was part of the, I know, part of the wave of, uh, because the Cinderella movie was such a huge success. So they went back and they did this. They did The Music Man with Matthew Broderick. And they just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Oh, my God. This was so painful. Yeah. This was directed by Kathleen Marshall, who is a very talented choreographer. She choreographed uh, the revival of that one show (laughs) that Sutton Foster was in. Anything goes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she directed and choreographed that she directed and choreographed. Nice work. If you can get it. She was a judge on you're the one that I want the reality show, getting us the cast of Greece revival that she also directed and choreographed. She is the sister of Rob Marshall who directed the Chicago oh. film and into the woods film. Uh, but yeah, she uh, is not a filmmaker as we can see. No, And the through. reason, if, if you choose to watch this, just as sheer torture for yourself, <laughs> the reason we are shocked that it was 2005 is because it, it looks like a seventies. So it, the, the, the set, like it's just weird. The casting is very strange. Like I love Carol net as Queen Agravain, especially because she was originally Winifred. I love uh, Tracy Ullman as Winifred, but it, Dauntless, strange. Yeah. The Wizard, strange. King Sextimus, that's cute. I get it. But like, it was weird. It was just weird and it looked weird. And I forgot how terrible the songs are. The songs are terrible. Yeah, I will They're say this. Fucking terrible. I didn't. I didn't. Like I said, I did not know this show except for a few. Like, hey, nani nani. I knew that. Um, I was not taken with the score, but then I listened to the 1996 revival yesterday with Sarah Jessica Parker, who I don't mm. love as a musical theater person, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy the songs more listening. I I felt. Like the orchestrations were really weird for this. They also obviously took a bunch of them out because it's only an hour and 27 minutes long. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I even felt like for being such a gifted choreographer, I didn't think the numbers were great. Like the staging of them, like the Spanish panic, I thought was just boring and weird. And yeah, it was just, it was just odd. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Yeah. It was Lady Larkin. Um, Just not, it felt, a lot of it felt, like I was watching, like, who is this for? Like, I feel like kids wouldn't like it. Nope. And I feel like me being a gay who loves the show tunes, I didn't like it. Correct. So, like, who is this for? Who is it for? It's ve- It was very strange. It, it, it felt forced. It, a lot of it felt really forced. Yes. Like, really, like, play that much bigger. Like, you know, like, it just, it was weird. It was just weird. Uh, him calling her mama. I'm just. <laughs> um, oh, but also, Kara Burnett seemed rained. It, she is so good. And she was good, but I was just like, I know that she could have, if she was allowed to follow her instincts, it would have been. Because here's the thing, that musical needs you, for the parts that can be, they need to be over the top and ridiculous. Because when played, quote unquote, straight, it just makes it even worse. You need to be making fun of it while you're doing it, I think. Yeah, I mean, for sorry, I should have said this. For those of you who don't know, Once Upon a Mattress, it is a musicalized version of The Princess and the Pea. Is yes. all that it is. Is all um, that it is. But it, Carol Burnett, yes, got it back. Uh, her costumes were designed by Bob Mackie. Well, and you can tell, holy fucking shit, of the whole movie. Oh my god, were her costumes. But yeah, it, it's yeah. it's just really not good and not just. Good weird it just has no flow to it it feels like everything is at odds against everything else in Mm -hmm. this movie Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. not even an hour and a half and it just felt super long yeah so yeah it was disappointing um she was good i still like you said about carol that i feel like she could have done so much more with it yeah, um, I feel like they were the same thing of when we did Carol Burnett and they were talking about her in that play. Like they were cast for a reason and then they stripped that reason away from them. Yes. Yep. And, and it's I, like, well, it's still good, but you could they both could have just done so much more. Yeah. And it it's just weird. I was also very surprised that Lady Larkin is pregnant at the beginning because I was like, this is from the 50s. Like, was this how it was in the actual musical? So I had to look yes. it up. Yeah. And it was. And I was so surprised yeah. because it's out of wedlock. Yeah. So and that, yeah, and that propels the whole thing forward because the prince has to get married before anyone else can, and she's pregnant by one of his uh, I don't know, what would you call him? Uh guy. Sure, one of his guys. <laughs> Math, and, played by Matthew Morrison. Yeah, which, okay, can we talk about him for just a second? Of He's course. another one I don't like for no reason. He just seems slimy to me. Hmm. He seems like... He's done things that he's keeping from people. And at any moment, he could be found out. Like, I just, I'm like, ew, I don't like you. I, I just hold glee against him, so. Well, that, listen, that doesn't help. And the fact that he dated <laughs> Leah Michelle does not Ugh. help. Because you clearly, she is a terrible person. Yeah. Um, and that's, hey, that's not just conjecture. That has been proven. There are receipts. Yeah. She's a terrible it's, person. It's fact. Um, Allegedly. It's allegedly fact. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Brandy Joe has just shared a picture of Susan starring in <laughs> Once Upon a Mattress. We'll pull this up on the uh, on the old Instagram. Oh, too. please do. Please. Look at that. Now, who is playing Winifred here? That is Mary Beth Monroe. That's what I thought of it The is. Good Place and yes. Workaholics fame. Yes. Well, well, well. We will put this up on the Insta so you can all enjoy. She's Look looking at that skin. very imperious. Look at those. Oh, God. I Here's... Listen up, people. Appreciate yourself. Appreciate yourself at all ages. I was stunning and did not know it. Yeah. So I'm trying to reclaim my stunning. But now I have see a weird wonky eye, so it's harder. But listen... Claim you're stunning. I was stunning. I wish I had known that. I'm very disappointed in myself. I do want to get this one eye lifted. It's re- it bothers me a great deal. It bothers me a great deal. But anyway, um, yeah, look at that. And we went to a mattress store. 
of course, in Detroit to, yes, <laughs> to have our photo shoot. Uh, and I had rolled out of bed at uh, Brandon Randall's house, I'm assuming, because it was in the morning and he lived downtown. So I had to stay the night at his house a lot. And I didn't have a stitch makeup on. And those were the those were the photos. So there you Lovely. go. We'll share those. So, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about Once Upon a Night. <laughs> you guys, it's just, it's, it's bad. Yeah, and it it, is. you know what it looks like? You know what it sh- is shot like, what the aesthetic is? Like a Sunday morning playhouse. Like a Mr. Rogers. Yes, like geared towards, like it's weird lighting. It's clearly yeah. in a soundstage, which yeah. is fine, but then it's lit like a soundstage. Yeah, costumes are not good except for Cowernet's. Carol, honest to God, it's worth watching just for her costumes. She looks fucking amazing. And when you see her, you're like, oh, Bob Mackie. Like, it's just, of course, yeah. It's not any question. Dauntless is terrible. And I love, I believe his name is Michael Boatwright. I love him. Boatman, bad. Uh, The wizard, I don't like that guy, but he was bad and it was weird casting. The whole thing is cast very strange, except for Carol Burnett. and Tracy, but like, yeah, it, it it's very clear that they were directed not to delve into their bag of tricks, yeah. Which this bad. musical needed a yeah. great deal. Like, I would have liked to have seen a stage version with the two of them. Yes. Like, I think that would be awesome. Directed by someone who knew what they were doing. Exactly. That would have been great. Yeah. So, yeah, don't watch that. Just don't waste your time. No, it's on Disney Plus if you want to just fast forward, look at Carol's costumes. Or you could just Google it and look at her costumes. You you just Google and and that's all you need to do. It's actually all over Pinterest. Pictures of this production. Go to Pinterest. Yeah, not sure why. Um, So just, yeah, go and look at pictures. That's all you need to do. You don't need to hear anybody. You don't need to sit through anything. Um, Zoe Deschanel looks great with uh, blonde hair. those are my takeaways. Yeah, that's about it. And I couldn't remember anything about that musical. I knew I was in it. I could remember the photo shoot. I couldn't remember any of the songs. I couldn't, and now I realize why. I had blocked it out of that and Canterbury Tales because there's mm. a musical. Canterbury oh. Tales. Yeah, yeah, did that my freshman year in college. That was heinous. Don't remember anything about that. Um. Uh, so yeah, there that, is a famous song from it that I didn't realize was from it. Uh, that Lady Larkin sings in a little while. Sure. But that's it. Yeah. Sure. Don't, don't bother. Don't bother. We You're watched it. It's, so it's, it's you don't bad. have to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I think two thumbs up for uh, I Love You to Death or half a thumb. Yeah. I think it's thumb a thumb sideways from me. Sure. 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 And then, uh, and then uh, Once Upon a Mattress, bury it. In a, in a in a compost no because then it could come back as something else um bury it deep in your subconscious and never visit it again ever it's terrible it's yeah horrible terrible never. anyway so that's that i guess huh yeah tracy Elman uh, <clears throat> rising above her material yes correct i would have loved to have seen what she would have really done with one spun mattress yeah yeah. So if you get the hankering to watch Tracy Elman, dig up some of her Tracy Elman show somewhere, maybe on YouTube. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. You don't need to see either one of these movies. I liked oh. I Love You to Death, but, but yes. My Tracy Elman oh, wow. story. I forgot about this. Oh, yes. Because you denied me because now we don't talk unless we're on this goddamn podcast. <laughs> and now it's at the end and everyone has like signed off and not listening right. anymore. And everybody's going to miss it. And you could have told me in the fucking car the other day. Go. <laughs> I was uh, doing this show called Making Porn in San Diego. And after the show, this man came out to me and said that he worked for Tracy Allman and that she had to meet me. And these were his exact words. Tracy would love you. So, of course, I'm like, "Ah, okay, okay. So I left him my headshot and resume. Never heard from him ever again. But there was just that brief window of time when I felt the sun of Tracy Allman shining on my face. You know what that was? That was a classic. Um, who was that drag queen who catfished everybody? Oh, yeah. Sherry Pie. That was a classic Sherry Pie. 
Yeah, he's like, come to my uh, hotel room, and I'm going to need you to masturbate. And, uh, <laughs> right. Before you can meet her, she really wants to know that you have the she wants to. Yeah, she, she wants to know how you masturbate, and I will have to tell her. And I would, I will have to take video uh, for that. Um, it's just her thing. She's British. You know, the British are weird. The British are weird. They want to know how you masturbate before they meet you. It's just, it's just their way. You know, the tea and all that, whatever. Um, they're paying us back for not being grateful. <laughs> so next week we're back with a wee pod. We are. And don't, it's me, right? It is. Yeah. I haven't picked it yet. So don't ask me what it is. Cause I don't know. It'll be a mystery to everybody. All right. Well, you got to let me know soon. Well, I will pick it today. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. It's a mystery to everyone. All right. We'll come back for our mystery date next week. Come back. Love us. Oh, hey, if you want to write an email, threefunnyladies at at gmail.com. Or follow us on the Insta, threefunnyladies, with the number three in both of those. That's right. Uh, And, yeah, drop us a line. Yeah. Us, interact. Let us know if you watched. No, I'm, no, I'm sure no one has watched Once Upon a Mattress. But. No, I no, that would be a mistake. But just write us, please. <laughs> just we're begging you. We're begging you. Um, and if you're from a country and maybe you don't uh, write English well, Google Translate. We can do Google Translate. So any of the countries we're big in, write us. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you next week. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening and happy National Podcast Day. Uh, happy National Podcast Day. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, bye bye. Bye.